0: Welcome back to Awakened and Aligned, where we are bringing faith back to the conversation. My name is Megan Dickerson, and my name is Lena Jennings.
1: In this episode, we are talking about as it is in relationships, and if you remember, the season is all about as it is on bringing heaven down here on earth and experiencing the kingdom right here, right now, and we're really going to dive into the essence of relationships and understanding the most important relationship of them all, the one that we have with Jesus Christ. And how do we learn to love like Jesus? How do we learn to be God's hands and feet here on earth in the context of relationships? And so I'm really excited to dive on into this word today and talk about something that we all encounter and understanding what does a godly relationship look like? And these are not just relationships that are romantic ones with our partners, but this would embody relationships with our own selves, relationships with friends and family members, relationships with coworkers, relationships with anyone you come in contact with. And so this, whether you are in a season of singleness or whether you were married or coupled or things of that nature, this topic will still apply to you and learning and teaching you how to love better and love well.
0: I love that. I think that relationships is something that is, as Lena said, something that touches all of us in some way, shape or form. But when we're learning to, to learn to love like Jesus, that can be a process. And I know mm-hmm. for me, it required a few different things before I understood even how to love like Jesus. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Lena, but I know for me, like in my path, that first started with discerning what Godlike character even looks like? What is someone mm. who embodies Godlike character, walk like, talk like, interact with other people? How can I seek out those relationships and recognize people that easily embody those values versus the opposite, which is out there? And Lita yeah. and I often will send each other back and forth these different sermons depending on what we're mm-hmm. going through mm-hmm. in the week. And I know recently. I can't remember the name, maybe you'll remember, but it's by Mike Todd. And he talks about, oh, hello, Megan, relationship Relationship goals. <laughs> it was a yes. part series. And it was the first uh, sermon that I ever heard from Mike Todd. And it was part eight. Of course, I didn't start at one, I just had <laughs> one to eight. But something that I truly held on to was this notion that he said when God wants to bless you, he sends people into your life. And when the Mm -hmm. devil wants to distract you or destroy you, he also sends people into your life. And so how do you get Mm -hmm. to the point where you're able to discern between the
1: two? For me, my journey of discovering what perfect love is, is this notion of being able to humble myself to receive perfect love from God. And it wasn't until I was able to forgive my imperfections. It wasn't able, wasn't until I was able to like accept myself for who I was because I'm able to do that because God does that automatically and understanding that we have unconditional love. We have unlimited forgiveness. We have grace upon grace upon grace and new mercies every single day from the love that we get from God. And what does that look like to be able to accept that? What does that look like to be able to give that back to others because we get so much of it? And the Most quoted scripture about love is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it says that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And understanding that and like how I learned to love and how I am learning to love others right now in this season, that is a very hard definition. If I say that I love someone, am I always patient with them? Am I always kind? Do I always like not demand my own way? Do I never keep record of being wronged? Like, do I give up sometimes? Do I never lose faith? Am I always hopeful in that love? And do I endure in that love? And because I'm human and because I'm faulty and because I'm imperfect, sometimes I do give up. Sometimes I do get impatient. Sometimes I'm not the kindest person. Sometimes I do get jealous. Sometimes I am a little rude. And understanding that I have to every single day make this conscious effort to love like Christ. Every single day I have to make this conscious effort to back away from my natural inclination, which is sometimes acting out of this notion of fear and doing things because it protects myself backing away from conversations and and being rude because it makes me feel safer in my own insecurities and my own vulnerabilities. But understanding that if I'm to love like Christ, I sometimes need to sacrifice my level of comfort and sacrifice my fear in an attempt to truly love someone. And really like understanding as a result of my love for others, how are they seeing Jesus? And knowing that Our love is the thing that separates the believer from the non-believer, our ability to love like Jesus. And so when I do enter into kind of new relationships, whether that be a friendship or a romantic relationship, understanding like, what is the fruit of my love? What is the outpour of my love? And what does that look like? And how are people experiencing me? Because when they experience me, they're experiencing Jesus. And so what is the representation of Jesus that I'm creating in their mind through my love?
0: Amen. Like I would say there's so many incredible points that you just hit on and made. And I think the one thing that I really like to take away from that in, in this, especially last part that you're talking about is like, it starts with us, right? Like it starts with you. And I wholeheartedly really, and truly believe that how much you love yourself stems from how much you allow yourself to believe the level that God does love you but not just how much God loves you but also how much he forgives you knowing something is that you understand the knowledge yeah the bible tells us this it's maybe suggestive and sometimes will be deliberate in practice but it's more like okay yeah if i'm good then generally i'm good to my neighbor but no it's like mm-hmm. you believe do I believe that I have accepted in my spirit, this is true, and you're completely confident and have trust in this, that God loves you, that God unconditionally loves and forgives you. Mm-hmm. It is the difference between having it in your head and having it in your heart. And like I said, out of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Is that, did I get that right? Out of the heart? Yeah. Yep. Cool. You All did. Right. We're rocking and rolling. See, we're learning our verses. We got this. And so it's like, okay, do I know God? Do I hear God? Can I recognize God? And can I accept God's love? And so this question that I've been just, I guess, thinking about um, in my own faith, I guess, while I've been reflecting is like, uh, was there anything specifically that you could remember that maybe shift your knowing into believing? and it's something for me, like all of us to think about, but I am sorry. I know that's kind of a heavy question. But. Yeah,
1: no, but that that's okay. And I appreciate that because heavy questions lead to heavy reflections and hopefully those heavy reflections lead to heavy revelations. But I would say for me, the thing that shifted my knowing into believing is when I genuinely could not love myself. Like when I had no angst or want or desire to even love myself when I was at like the height of my depression and my anxiety and I was having panic attack after panic attack after panic attack and I did not know like I did not even know how to sustain myself I did not know even know how to how to just like tell myself to calm down and like be present and that it's going to be okay and so when I lost all ability to even give any type of comfort or solace to myself the only thing that I had to rely on was God. The only thing that I had to comfort myself was God. The only thing that I had to, to be my, my, my crutch, to be my, my voice of reason and my voice of knowledge, it was God and my relationship with the Holy spirit. And so like that shifted me from knowing into believing because I experienced it. Like, I think, you shift more easily and from that knowing into believing when you have a direct encounter and a direct experience with that thing that you were trying to believe. And yes, we can all know God, but we really believe him by having a relationship with him by knowing that he shows up for us time and time and time again. And by knowing and experiencing the mere fact of his grace is so sufficient and that his love is enough for me and the other 7 billion people in this world
0: yeah you know that's that's a really a really great point it does I think require sometimes like that direct encounter and all I can do for all of you and for us as we continue down this path is pray that um this message God put on my heart like a week or two ago specifically for my brother but then it was also for a few people in my life like um that direct encounter, that mountain, let the mountain, let the mountains in your life become the evidence for God's steadfast love in your life. And that means it's that process of, of learning to be able to shift from that, that knowing to believing of it takes time like it takes time to move mountains but God's not asking us to walk it up alone he's not asking us to hike or climb that mountain alone when God can say Mm -hmm. just I will move the mountain and show the love that I have for you in your Mm -hmm. life and it's through that experience sometimes that we're able to have that confidence and and faith that God um will do all that he promises in our life Mm
1: -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm for you, Megan, what would you say, like, is there a moment where you just experience the sweetness of God's love and a moment where you're just like, wow, God, you are so good. And you just get flooded into emotion, recognizing like how intense his love is for you.
0: I wish I could answer that concisely. <laughs> I wish I could have an entire season, honestly, of all the times God has shown up, but. Actually, what's really interesting about that question and my reference to relationship series part eight in the beginning of this started from a place where I was in my path of just like you learning to love myself. It was that first encounter probably of many that God tried to, to hit me on the head a few times and said, okay, Mangan, like let's pay attention. Let's move in this direction. And I'm just very stubborn in my own ways and just kept doing what I wanted. And in In that, in the context, I guess, is I was in this relationship for about seven years. And when you're with somebody for that length of time, at that age, I was growing up, I was a young kid who was in my late teens, going to college, learning who I was, learning what I wanted to be in this world learning about the world, going through the traumas that I didn't maybe even realize I was working through at that time. And then I was in this relationship. And so we kind of watched each other grow up. So at the end of the relationship, I found out that he was cheating on me and had these relationships with other people. And there was a few times that it came up and I just stayed. I stayed around because I didn't quite yet know how to love myself. I didn't understand really what healthy love looked like. And I was in a place also in my faith where it's like, okay, am I forgiving? Am I understanding? Because I know exactly why this person's doing it and has nothing in any way related to how much this person loves me. And I know that that sounds completely crazy, but sometimes people do what they do because of their own insecurities. And if you have that understanding, do you stay in a relationship? And one of the questions that Mike Todd um, asked in that series was well he said something like don't don't ask for more signs when the truth is clear to you god doesn't need you to send you more proof for you to ignore believe him when he shows you the type mm. of that you're dealing with mm. you may love and care about them but not everything that we want is beneficial to our lives and i, I remember writing down this quote Oof. i right i remember writing down this quote and then writing down to myself as a note it's okay to walk away And so when I had this very personal and felt like this message was being directly spoken to me and on my heart, I had this realization that I was like, okay, God, like this doesn't feel good. And yes, I love this person. And yes, at one point I thought that I could spend the rest of my life with this person, which is not something that I take or say lightly, especially given my path, my walk and my experience. And so knowing all of this and knowing that I'm leaving seven years behind, I know that God is doing this because he wants more for me. And I didn't know that at that time because I didn't know what kind of love that I wanted in my life. But I knew that it was not a conditional kind of love or I'm already making excuses for what I think I deserve because of somebody else's insecurities. And so when God kind of took me to this place, it was very clear to me at that time that I wanted to be intentional and be single for as long as it took for me to be in a healthy frame of of mind to understand what it even meant to discern what that godlike character meant but like I said and started with it first required me to learn what that love looked like unlearning the love that I knew growing up unconditional versus conditional and then it led to me in this process of Knowing how God loves me, but do I believe it? And it took time for me to believe that year of singleness to understand wow, like I can stand here today and look back and say that relationship was so not for me. Do I have love for that person? Yes. Is that good for my life though? No. Do I believe that I deserve that level of love, love, love? A hundred percent not. Do I believe that the best kind of love, unconditional kind, patient love that God gives to us in my relationship? And does God want that for me? A thousand percent. Will I be able to love my partner if I wait for that to the level that that Jesus loves me? A hundred percent. Because I am not gonna be able to love in a relationship the way Jesus loves me if I'm not in a relationship that's conducive to that. And I'm 100% okay waiting for that. And so that's a really good example, I guess, of how God has shown me in my life that being patient and waiting on him has served me in the best way possible. And yes, it sounds selfish, but it's a realistic example. It was me learning to really know that it's okay to walk away. It's okay to point and posture your heart towards what God wants for you in your life.
1: And you learn that because like he was giving you that perfect love that he has always been the one to show you what love should feel like and modeling that perfect love through his relationship with you. And so like
0: his love gave you the audacity to step out on that faith, to wait for someone else. That was the only thing. Yeah. A hundred percent that gave me the audacity to step, step out on faith, walk with him and, um, yeah, it's hard because it when you realize it and you get to a point in your faith, as you know, like it's really less about the relationship as I was learning to walk away from that version of who I was at that age, who no longer accepted the characteristics that were no longer going to fit in my life moving forward so that I could be the vessel to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. I really strongly believe that in this notion of kind of iron sharpening iron and like when you do get into a relationship with someone again friendship romantic familial whatever it is like when you ever whenever you encounter someone period who is able to sharpen you and make you better like that's really what God wants like relationships are a powerhouse relationships are a thing where God wants partnerships in this world. And he sent people out, he sent the disciples out two by two. When he was loading up Noah's Ark, he sent the animals in two by two. Like really the the power of two is so important. And I think like even more importantly, it's a power of three. It's those two people coming together with God as their center and God as their guide to really like, that's where God's power and miracles shine through is when two people partner together with God to bring forth
0: heaven on earth as it is in heaven. So, so with that, I think it's also learning this balance between what we take personally and what is personal to us and developing this perspective in our relationships and also learning what's projected onto us. And I think the more that we realize that God wants partnerships in our lives, God wants us to be in alignment with people that, that can help us fulfill his purpose here on earth and bring, bring heaven down here. in, in all the different ways that we can, like it's, it's not just limited to the relationships we have. It's how we show up in the world, how we show up for others. It's how we show up in the workplace. It's how we show up and, uh, and kind of guide this culture that we're in. It does make a difference with all of us are, are working towards, um, this, this not just idea, but this value of like being able to see Jesus's love here on earth. Um, and it's detaching from from everything that's not that. It's detaching from what some people say. It's learning to detach from what people do. It's detaching from if somebody cares or doesn't care or whatever it is or whatever, whatever detachment we have to do, but it's reattaching to God's love and reattaching to God's promise and reattaching to realizing no matter what the situation is, God's going to use it for our good. And it's reattaching to moving in a way where we don't just know but we believe that God does love us mm-hmm. I love that um
1: I, I absolutely do love that it, it's that belief versus knowing um, and also you talked about earlier and what you were talking about earlier it reminds me of Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 in the message version and this is where Paul is sending a message to uh his uh, group of friends in the church of philippi and he says so this is my prayer that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much but love well learn to love appropriately you need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent not sentimental gush live a lover's life circumspect and exemplary a life jesus will be proud of bountiful in fruits from the soul making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. And I love that as we are closing to talk about this, this notion of relationships and as it is in relationships, but also really just like, as it is in our love, how can we bring the love of Jesus Christ here down on earth? And what does that look like as it is in heaven here on earth? And Paul talks about Us learning to love appropriately, to use our head and test our feelings so that our love is sincere and intelligent. And oftentimes, at least for me, like in the world, when I hear people talk about love, they talk about this notion of head versus heart. Our heart's telling us to do one thing, but our head's telling us to do another thing. Like out of our love, love is telling us to do one thing, but our rational mind is telling us to do another thing. But how Paul talks about it here is he talks about that love should be sincere, but also love should be intelligent. And I've never really heard love as referenced or descriptor as love is intelligent and understanding that we need to use our head and test our feelings so that our love can be sincere and intelligent. And I think oftentimes we get so caught up in in love being this mushy, gushy rainbows, and unicorns and happy hearts and pink hearts and all of these things that's all beautiful and great and fine and dandy. But there's also another thing about love being intelligent love using our head and how Megan talked about earlier with her previous relationship of understanding that you can still love this person, but you can love them from a distance and that this person is not right for you. And that this thing in your life and the, the, the presence in the spirit that this person is bringing on your relational walk together is not fitting of this season and understanding that there's sometimes love has is hard. Love sometimes hurts and there's this notion of tough love and there's a scripture that talks about God and he is akin to a farmer and talking about how God, for the, those that God loves, he prunes and that he will prune the people he loves so that they can produce more fruit. But in the season of pruning, the season of being cut back and tore down, it's really hard to view that as love. When we, when we think about it intelligently, when we, thinking, when we think about it in this sincere way. He loves us because he's not taking anything away from us, but he's putting us in a position where he can give more to us. And understanding that love is just not sentimental gush. Love is intelligent. Love is sincere, but we have to learn how to use our head and test our feelings to understand, like, are we really viewing this out of this place of love or are we viewing this out of a place of, of fear? And understanding that our outpour of love should be all of the fruit of the spirit. The seven fruit of the spirit should be seen and felt when we are in relation with anyone that we come in contact with. Whether that is your romantic partner, your friend, a parent, a sibling, or a stranger on the street, our outpour of our love should be felt so everyone can experience Jesus Christ and making it attractive to get more people involved in the glory and praise of God. And so as we close, I just ask, Megan, for you to close us out in prayer, to have a prayer for us to be better in our love, to live a lover's life, to have a life of love that Jesus would be proud of. And so
0: could you just close us out in prayer? Father God, may we be filled with love for each other that reflects your love for us. Your love is patient and teach us and let us and allow us to be patient with each other and one another. Your love is kind and let us be kind to each other. Your love does not envy. Let us not be envious of each other. Your love does not boast. May your relationship be built on humility. Your love does not dishonor others. So let us learn to love by honoring one another and your love is not self-seeking and let us learn to love selflessly. Help us learn to love each other well through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. And that's a wrap. Episode one, season two, done.